Hey, Alex. Um, so, would you like to start by apologizing for having lo- the worst and dumbest take yeah. about that's ever been graced the planet Earth? It's terrible. I apologize to uh, you. I apologize to myself. I apologize <laughs> to all the listeners for having to having to hear such a bad take for a week, a week ago, and having that take be associated with me for a full week. Just embarrassing. Uh, the Jets are a fraud. Yeah. And he is listening, and he is learning. <laughs> Yeah, and he'll be better in the future. That's right. This is my apology video. Um, yeah. So after we watched the Jets for a week, you know, allegedly a good team. We watched them. No longer alleged. Not a good team. Uh, I don't fuck with this. It's no longer my cup pick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm retracting everything nice I have to say about them moving forward. I, I can't. This is a lesson. Can't fucking trust the Jets. It's I, terrible. See, I think this is. A, a le- I don't even know if this is a lesson in because I, I wouldn't have thought that you would have had to learn that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I just I just don't understand what went on in your mind specifically to jump all the way from I don't trust the Jets, I hate the Jets, the Jets suck, to, oh, uh, I think they're going to win the cup, and then just one week, it totally shatters back to the ground. Yeah, you Were know you just what? trying to, to be a hot take artist. Is that what's going on here? I think I'm trying to reevaluate how I evaluate how good these teams are when it comes to cup picks. So I thought I'd try something new, and it didn't work out. Gotta, gotta go back to the drawing board. Because, you know, have I been the best predictor of things in the past? No. I, 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 I'm in the massive shadow that you cast. So I guess <laughs> Especially I, this year. I, I gotta, so I tried to figure out, like, tinker with some shit, and that equation spat out the Jets. I gotta reformulate everything. It's terrible. What's your equation? I, you know, like, you got great goalie, plus great first line, plus, you know, Norris candidates, defenseman. Maybe that overshadows everything else on the roster. It doesn't. Spoiler alert. It, it really doesn't. The, the players are good. You know? That's how I thought of things when I was like 13 years old. Yeah. You, well, you know, I, you, you got to try and test shit because uh, I've never tried that approach. I've tried it and I know now I will never go back to it. And I'm glad it only lasted a week. I'm not dying on this hill. I'm, I'm quickly getting off of it. This is possibly just a lesson in overthinking. Yeah, this really is it, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what makes the Jets so bad? Let's talk about it. Sure. So, this week, uh, they played three games. They won one of them. It was a 2-1 to win over the Arizona dog shit Coyotes. <laughs> and then it was a 4-1 loss to Montreal and a 4-1 loss to Toronto. Uh, not, a, not a great showing from Rick Bonus's team. Um, let's start with that, that first game against the Coyotes. A 2-1 win. Hellebuck versus uh, Vemelka in net. Um, Jets were... Well, the first of all, at least in the first period, uh, the much better team. Uh, no goals, no no crazy chances, uh, but they never felt so threatening, in my opinion, anyway, even though they were better. Uh, second period, power play goal in the first minute. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois deflecting in uh, Josh Norris's point shot. Uh, four assists, 40 assists for, for Josh Morrissey at that point. And I don't know if you noticed what song was playing. No. The Hey Baby. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. Wow. Is it the Jets goal song, or do they have the individual ones? Do you have any idea? No clue. I didn't look into it. Me neither. I'll take a guess. They don't seem interesting enough to have individual goal songs. So I'm gonna say it's a team-wide thing. 
I feel like we would have been hearing more about it if it was if Hey Baby was their yeah. full team goal song. Hey Baby, goal song Jets. I'm looking it up. All right. Keep the mic closer to your mouth when you do that. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's Dubois' song actually. Now that I see it. Okay. Uh, he wasn't. I don't think he was even on that uh, 2018 team that had that song. Anyway. Uh, next up, uh, the Jets have the most embarrassing defensive breakdown you've ever seen. Uh, Clayton Keller walks right in. Adam Lowry's lying on the ground, back down. Josh Morrissey and Carson Kuhlman are looking the wrong way. Yeah. Totally embarrassing. It's a 1-1 tie. Yikes. Uh, but then, luckily, the Coyotes uh, have an embarrassing breakdown of their own. All three Coyotes uh, shell in right around Vimelka. It's uh, Yusuf Alamaki, Travis Boyd, and Shane Gostas Barrel standing in like a, a single file line. Real nine-year-old shit. And uh, Blake Wheeler gets a, an incredibly easy goal. 2-1 Jets. Yeah, and that was basically uh, some chances either way. Hellebuck was really good to end the game. Which is concerning. Because, you know, Hellebuck kind of saved the day near yeah. the end. Um, the, the Coyotes were kind of pressing. And that's not good. If, you, uh, if you're, you're, you're kind of counting on your goalie to hang on to a win against the Coyotes. Not a good look. But, you know, after For the first Stanley game. Contender. Yeah, allegedly. No longer. Frauds. Um, but you know, after this game, I was like, okay, maybe it was just a bad game. All right, maybe I caught them on a game where they were tired. It was a bad competition. You just managed to play down to them. Um, well, talk about playing down to your opposition. Maybe not playing down. Maybe they're just this bad. Let's move to the Habs game. Um, what it was? Uh, was was it Montembeau that was playing? Yep. Uh, so yeah, against Hellebuck, who played all three games. Um, first goal, you know, Jets got on the board. Kyle Connor, who. Yeah, but it was awesome all week. Like I said, Ehlers, Connor, and Dubois they were great in the Coyotes game. They were great in all three games. Definitely not the problem there. They look fantastic. Uh, he scores on a one-timer on the power play. Nice little cycle. Um, and then uh, Evgeny Dadanov gets his own one-timer goal, make a 1-1. Uh, nice Justin Barron seam pass that they couldn't figure out how to defend. Um, yeah, just not very good in their own zone, are they? What do you know? That, that, that lacking defense score. They just they're just standing around a whole lot. Uh, I Mike, especially yeah. noticed on that goal uh, the Vili Hanala turnover. Right, is that exactly what you were just about to mention? Exactly. I was about to say transition to the next goal. Vili Hanala, not a good game, not a good week. He does. He looks terrible. Wait, that, wasn't that the first Habs goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he, but then on the second goal, it was Mike Hoffman who you know off the rush, right? It was Hanala who was left him way too much fucking space to shoot. Yeah, so he 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 messed up on both goals. Exactly. Right. So. This motherfucker's lost, lost all the time. Him and Neil Pionk looks washed as hell. I gotta say, yeah. those two. Oh my goodness! I think he's on your fantasy team too, is he? Neil yeah. Pionk. Oh my god, it looks terrible. Any comments there? Uh, yeah, Neil Pionk's not having a good year. No, he's not. Um, he is not alone in that aspect on the Jets' defense, at least based off this week, I would say. Um, well, we'll we'll finish walking through the goals for this game, and then I'll make a comment about that in general. Um. But I guess I'll, I'll take it up from here. Uh, so, yeah, the Donald gets his second goal of the game on an enormous rebound after a failed clear by Dylan DeMello, who was looked at as one of the kind of, you know, stabilizing forces on the Jets. Uh, and then even uh, Cole Caulfield almost got one, sp- uh, split the defense. I don't remember who it was. Uh, probably Brendan Dillon and Vili Hanala if I had to take nice. a, a random guess. But anyway, uh, Perfetti gets a nice, uh, nice chance on a 2-1 with Lowry, uh, but uh, it's 3-1 Habs. And in the third period, Josh Anderson totally embarrasses uh, both Neil Pionk and Josh Morrissey after a rush by Michael Matheson, of all people. Anderson backhand wraparound 4-1 Habs. Uh, Montembeau holds the fort. Stops some nice chances. Arbor Jackeye fights Adam Lowry. Final score 4-1. And my main point is that the Jets' defense 
uh, looked straight up incompetent on pretty much every goal. Awful. Uh, the only I think Nate Schmidt was the only one who wasn't a minus on the defense. Yeah. Um. So that, good for him. That checks out. Um. But yeah, I can on every goal I can point to at least one defense and yeah. I go, you blew it. Uh, including Morrissey on one play. Uh, the worst of the bunch being uh, the Billy Hanel Brendan Dillon pairing, um, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, this was kind of Jets back to their old habits in terms of what their narrative has been for the past three seasons or so. Yeah, I heard some people saying, "Oh, it's the old Jets." Are we? You know, I'm not no longer convinced that they moved on from from the old Jets. The defense is still extremely problematic, and you know, offensively. Or Morris is obviously having a great season. But I don't think he was particularly good in his own zone. Um, and you talk about that fourth goal. You know, him, Pionk, and Adam Lowry all just kind of standing around uh, while Kirby Dak runs around them and shit. You know, just, just, just you know, Rick Bonus allegedly, you know, has a system to tighten it up. But, you know, the, the talent sucks on this yeah, team. The, the personnel on defense is, is still very bad. Um, it's vastly improved, though, compared to what it was last year. Hmm, yeah. not, not the personnel, but the, the coaching. A bonus rather than Paul Maurice Paul slash Maurice. slash Dave Lowry, um. So there is that, and you know this one bad, particularly bad game. You know it happens just to realize it is improved, um. But it's still straight up not good enough to be a Stanley Cup contender. Right. This team is mid. This team is mid. It's not terrible, like you said. Much improved from last year. That's what you do when you fire Paul Maurice or no, sorry, Paul Maurice walks off the job. Um, but <laughs> and then hey, Dave Low- Adam Lowry's father can't believe it. Can you believe it? They they had the player's dad. That's so crazy coach to the me. team. That, <laughs> we didn't give enough fucking shit for that that, <laughs> yeah. that stuff. That's kind of crazy. That's that, that's kind of nuts. Yeah. Um, kind of inappropriate if I'm being honest. But <laughs> real JV shit. But hey, it happened. Real what? Real JV shit. You know, like JV. Yeah, you know what they say about uh junior varsity you know oh, really, really. i have no idea that jv was junior varsity yeah that's 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 a saying but uh okay on bush league as one might say um yeah so i, I guess a team like the habs who you have you have no business and then the, the bottom six didn't generate anything which you know to be fair you did flag it as a problem uh prior to watching it there's as no Axel talent Fialby this- missed a game in months <laughs> i couldn't tell you if i tried um but no, there's no, there's honestly the bottom nine, you know, like Cooper Fetty looks great, but we'll talk about who was, who was that look like? So Mark Scheifele looked awful in that least game. There's just yes. coughing it up left and right. And he was responsible for like three separate goals. Um, yeah, there's, there's no, there's no depth to this forward core, despite the, the, the big three who look awesome. Um, but yeah, onto that, onto that Leafs game. Uh, yeah, we will first period scoreless, you know, the Jets got a whole bunch of shots. But you know, I, I was it the most dominant period. It didn't didn't feel like it. You know, the, the scoring chances weren't prime. Yeah, they outshot the Leafs by a lot in the first period, but Toronto had uh, all the better chances. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, and then start the second period, eight seconds in, uh, just a complete meltdown. Um, Austin Matthews scores off the rush, dangles Mark Shifley, who I don't know what the fuck he was doing at that blue line. <laughs> and, you know, you got like a weak ass poke check. I want to write the Matthews went right through him and then scored on the rush. Um, and then like three minutes later, uh, Matthews again makes a two nothing, um, where he's left completely alone in the high slot. Um, so you know, he gets all the time in the world to pick a spot and shoot. Um, there were two guys, you know, there was Dubois who was like looked exhausted and was kind of late to cover him. Um, but also the pass went right through fucking Villa Heinle, who's 
standing right, standing next to the net. Uh, so another defensive breakdown. You leave Matthews just standing in front of the net. Um, and then the Leafs make a three nothing. Mitch Marner a nice little shorthanded goal scores on the rush, a snipe because Mark Shifley again just a horrible turnover on the zone entry carrying the puck. Just just weak, just weak shit. Um, and uh, and then and then our Lord and Savior Kyle Connor. The only serious scoring threat. <laughs> well, Ehlers is good. Give it to Ehlers. He right. hit the post all the time. It felt like he was super unlucky. Over and over. Okay, sure, save, fine. Post, post, save, save. You just Ehlers looked awesome. Um, but Kyle Connor is the, the one the one true star here. Uh he scores on the on a five on three. Nice little five on three that they had there. Um, but you know, you're kinda expected to score on those. Um Mark Shreffley almost turned it over either turned it over again. Almost led to a pure angle goal. Um, that's what I know. Every time you turn over the puck, you know, a little check next to Mark Shafley's name. Mark Giordano shoots from his own zone into the empty net. And there you have it. 4-1. Another yep. miserable showing against a good team. So, you know. Yeah, Leafs make easy business of the Jets. That's right. Just like the Jets' first round opponent will, whoever that may be. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, actually, Jonson Fialbi this year, to answer my previous question, has played 41 games. Okay. Um, He is slated to be... Uh, a healthy scratch today, though I think for the first time this year or second time for uh, I don't know. Um, but How many games have they played? Seems... Uh, well, I he was a waiver claim I think earlyish in the year. Oh, if I remember correctly. Anyways, played forty one games, has nine points. Sam Gunny's played forty one games. Carson Kuhlman's played thirty. Uh, Sacco Manalainen's played thirty. Uh, just a bunch of these. No, uh, David Gustafson's played thirty eight games. Has only five assists as a forward. These are the type of players <laughs> what the fuck? that fill up the Jets' uh, bottom bottom six. They're invisible. They're beyond invisible. They generate nothing. Yeah, they generate absolutely nothing in terms of offense. It's it's actually despicable. So and how did you not realize this? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I really thought they could they could do it with that first line, but it's I, just so know, puzzling to I'm, me. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed that I even had that thought, and I stuck with it for more than five seconds. Terrible. And that is now on the internet forever. Yeah, now it's on the internet forever. You know, I deserve to be on the internet forever. You know, I can't. Let this be the lesson that I shouldn't have needed to learn. Uh, I can't, can't, can't buy this shit. This was, this was, the, the machine broke. And, uh, yeah. I Awful will... take. Awful take. Truly. Yeah. So it will puzzle me forever. Yeah, brain dead shit. Uh, it was a fever dream. I, I think still we should shout out uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah. He's having a career year. Awesome. He's over a point a game for the first time. Uh, he's on pace for, I think, about 35 goals or maybe a little more. Uh, his career high right now is 28, which he had last year. Um, but he is also on pace for uh, doing quick math about 86 points, 87 points, and his career high is 61. So that is uh, a very nice showing for a player in his contract year. Yes, there we go. <laughs> there that, we go. His is six million right now, 24 <laughs> years old. And of course, you you'll probably remember last summer there was all the talk about. Uh, uh, not only does he not want to stay with Winnipeg long-term, he specifically wants to go to Montreal. And I think now with his play this year, because we were talking last time, like, would Montreal even want a player like this who has a history of, like, you know, um, kind of being lazy when he wants to switch teams and now kind of doing it twice? Now that he's, you know, kind of finally broken out into, a like, a top-line center type of player, or maybe you call him a 1B, I probably still would, uh, Montreal's probably most, much more willing to make that deal. And I would not be surprised at all if Pierre-Luc Dubois, come the offseason, uh, kind of just stands pat and goes, I'm not signing with the Jets. 
don't even talk about it. Trade me to Montreal, which would be a kind of a batshit unhinged thing to do. Based on <laughs> based on past behavior, oh, it wouldn't shock me. He would do it. He's yeah. the guy. He of what is it? Slack it off in Columbus. That that horrible shift fame. Yeah, he'll fucking do it. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> clearly, and look at him. He's still he's doing great. You know, even despite that thing. So you know, he can. What he he signed the one year contract, right? Is he yeah. just uh, kind of trudge his way to UFA? Or just stand his ground and say, I'm not doing it. Fucking trade me. Which would be hilarious. And the Jets can't afford to lose this guy. And the Jets cannot afford to lose this 24-year-old. <laughs> He's so important seed. to their team. He is so important to their team. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? They don't have a third good forward. Well, Cole Perfetti's great. They don't have a fourth good forward. and That's what it is, right? They, they don't have fucking four good forwards beyond Pierre-Luc Dubois, let alone a competent center. They do have some quite promising pieces in the, in the pipeline. Right. Um, but if Pierre Dubois says I'm not signing here and there's nothing you can do about it, they're pretty boned, at least for they're next season. Fucked. They're really completely fucked. Are you kidding me? There's there's no salvaging this mm-hmm. whatsoever. Let's, I I assume, if they think they're like really knocking on the contender's door here, they probably do try to come get back some immediate pieces from Montreal. They probably ask for like Kirby Doc. Um and on uh, on Montreal I probably don't even really mind that much giving up Doc for Dubois. As yeah. long as I don't have to add too much to it. Hmm. I don't know what you think about that. You know, you can squeeze the shit out of them if you're Montreal. Are you kidding me? That, that is very true. You can. You don't need to give up Kirby. I mean, like, it's fair value. It's beyond fair value, right? Like, I wouldn't, like you said, I wouldn't mind it, right? But if the situation is, this guy says he wants to come to my team, only my team, won't play for his whole team, you know? Yeah. I'm not giving up Kirby Duck. I'll be like, here's a seventh. You, you want it? <laughs> you want a seventh round pick? You don't want it? Okay. You can hold out for you guys. I don't give a fuck. Um, I mean... I in in theory yes, um, you have to understand that Duba at a certain point, if it if it gets the question of I'm either, uh, you know, playing for the Jets this season or I'm like not signing by December and I'm missing an entire season, right? Because the Jets do have that leverage of like you know if we don't get a deal we like for you and you're not going to sign with us, you're just not playing all season long, uh, that, that December first deadline. So at some point Montreal maybe would have an incentive to, you know, put forward that fairer value. Is there imminent is there an imminent need for this guy immediately on the team though? I I suppose no. No, there isn't. Wait a few seasons. Wait till he's UFA. Now you have real leverage, you know? Like the the team is not the Habs team. Not designed to win right now. Obviously it would be great to have him on the team ASAP, but is it worth the asset differential, you know, if you wait a couple years and he hits UFA and now now the Jets are really fucked, you know? The Montreal Canadiens have traded uh, Arbor Jack Eye and a fifth round pick <laughs> to the Jets for Pierre Dubois. That's book it, a deal. book it in two years or whatever the My, fuck, or in uh, like six months. Sure, yeah, no, the, the Jets are in a pickle, are in a real pickle because Dubois can't okay, just wait. Jim Rutherford, he <laughs> can, you can wait them out. You can wait them out. Like you, you can play for them, you know, and and suck it up for a couple of years. If you can do that, walk right up to free agency, um, and and you know. Unrestricted. We also should acknowledge the possibility that he's changed his mind and he's like, "Oh, I'm doing well here and the team's good. Maybe I'll just stay." We can acknowledge that, but what was the response? Somebody asked him about it when he did this week. Oh, this week, someone was talking yeah, about. Yeah, some somebody asked him about it. He's like, you know, he still seems kind of enamored with the idea of coming here. Well, so. I'm sure. Yeah. So I, uh, I don't see him signing a long-term contract. Is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. and if that's the case. Jets, you need to unload him, right? Mm-hmm. Or else he's just going to walk. 
yeah, you get two year more, three, two more years of Pierre Dubois, and then after that, you're stuck with nothing. And it is, I mean, we were talking about the Jets being boned, but it's better for him that he's doing well and boosting his trade value. Oh yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Can't can't lose there. Of course. Um, but and and he's boosted them into a playoff spot because without him, if he was playing poorly, they'd be fucked as well. You know. Yeah. Who would they have between Connor and Newland? Some Shifley. Oh right, that's true. But then again, <laughs> you know, now you have Adam Lauer in the second second line. So. Well, you still have Dubois in the second line, just being bad like he was yeah. for I, recent times. That's true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, the the, the situation remains. That uh, you know, players seem to want to leave Winnipeg. So, like, like, like on a consistent basis. It's so, a it's a real concern. It's a real concern, <laughs> and and also that makes me think. You know, it makes me less inclined to believe that he's all of a sudden like changed his fucking mind. You know? Yeah, yeah, that that is true. I would it would be a big uh, well, a somewhat of a surprise. Um, and people talking about Winnipeg, you know, why people always want to leave. Part of it is maybe the weather or whatever. I think because. The Shifley Wheeler toxicity of the locker room has been, you know, well documented in past years. Maybe it's toned down a bit now under Rick Bonus, but I think uh, that can be pointed to for a lot of the reasons. Like, uh, you know, Bufflin was kind of like, "Yeah, I don't have to come back." <laughs> Why Line A was kind of driven out of town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a combination of factors, and I don't think, you know, that Shifley Wheeler pair can be discounted in their effect. Um, yeah, you don't want to work in a negative environment. Tons of players have kind of gone through that. Uh, and, you know, no hate to Winnipeg. I've never been to Winnipeg. But it sounds like, you know, small city vibes in the middle of nowhere in Manitoba, right? So, you know, I see it. What was, who, I just thought of this when you, were ta- yeah. when you said Winnipeg. Do you remember on, like, CBC or TSN or whatever, in, like, 2011, right before, like, right when the Thrashers moved to Winnipeg and became the Jets, they would play a like hype commercial, like there's a team in Winnipeg now, and it opened with the "It's coming back to Winnipeg." Do you remember that at all? Yeah, it rings a bell. The "It's coming back to Winnipeg." I found out at some point later uh, was when the original Winnipeg Jets moved to moved to Phoenix, became the Coyotes. Uh, one of their players, I couldn't tell you who, and now I'm very curious. Basically, gave a a speech to the fans, like a goodbye speech that was like, and when we win the cup down there, it's coming back to Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Right? And that's yeah. what I was taken from. Yeah. And I just want to know uh, when the Coyotes win the Stanley Cup one of these years, if they're going <laughs> to fulfill that promise and bring it back to Winnipeg where there's already another team. They better do it. Yeah. Although, I don't know. The sun might explode before the Arizona Coyotes <laughs> <laughs> win a Stanley Cup in that fucking arena and that organization. Um, but I would love to see it. We would have to hold them to that promise. Mm-hmm. Us too. Single-handedly. Yeah, well, it could have just been that player making the promise on behalf of like, we'll win the cup next year or whatever. Uh, okay. But, so, you know. It expired already. You yeah, say. It's, it's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm looking funny. up now. It's coming back to Winnipeg to see. I looked it up. I couldn't find shit. It's coming back to Winnipeg. Coyotes player. Da-da-da. Loading, loading. Oh, man. I guess it's not such a famous moment. Yeah, should be. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of that should be a big lore moment in Winnipeg hockey history, but maybe not. I guess not. Anyway, final verdicts on the Jets. What's their oh. what's their status? Yeah, the status is uh, this is a real seventh place team. Even though they're not, it feels sure feels like it. It's Kraken vibes. It's how are they how are they winning? It's how are, you're asking me how they're winning. Or... No, it's the same thing with the crack. We watched them, and it's like, why are they? Why are yeah. they like? Why, not, why are they in like a divisional spot? Why are they doing well? I don't get it. Yeah, 
I, I see it. I get it. You know, I, I see why they're in the divisional spot. It's the front-end talent. And if you can get everything else to kind of net neutralize with under bonus system, it can work out. It can work out, but but in the long run, it's not going to work out. If you're playing good teams, it's not going to work out. Um, right now, they're slated to play Minnesota in the first round. That's my easiest prediction of the entire thing. I'm picking Wild in five if I'm picking today and moving yeah. on, moving on with my day. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree. They just, you know, that that Elos and Connor line can really wreck shop, but. It's just not enough everywhere else. And Hell looks great. Hell looks looked awesome all, all all week. Sure. Good for him. Back on track. Vesna man. Maybe not Vesna, but like Vesna not candidate. Finally. Finalist. Top five goalie in the league. Yeah. Looks awesome. However, you know, Kevin Stenland can't say the same for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Stenland's not winning any Vesna trophies anytime soon. No, not at all. So I'm a bit bummed a bit a bit bummed we didn't get to see David Reddick play. Yeah? You wanted to see him? Just yeah. the train wreck that he is? or Yeah, he's not very good. Yeah, he's not really. There's a reason they're overworking Hellbuck. Yeah. They had to play all three games this week. Um, they don't have a competent backup. Just to, just get another hole that... Still shoveled day off, eh? Yeah. He's yet to fill. But he's been there so Jesus long. Jesus Christ. He drafted Shifley. <laughs> what? In 2011. He... That's kind of crazy. Uh-huh. My God. He, on the stage, 2011, announced the, that the name of the team was going to be the Winnipeg Jets. That's unhinged. He should not be on the job this long. Yeah. That's, this, is, this is crazy. One conference final appearance. Congratulations. <laughs> Good shit. Not happening again this year, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, this feels like an ownership group that just, they pick a guy and they're like, you're the guy, and I'm walking away now. Yeah. Yeah. Kind Almost of like, they love Paul Maurice. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're never firing Paul Maurice. <laughs> and so we left. Same type of thing with Shovel Day off. Too complacent. This organization is too complacent. There's too much meddling. He's on one end of the spectrum. This end of the spectrum, it's just there's nothing going on here. Mm-hmm. It's I a mean, wasteland. Yeah, I feel like well, it's one thing to you know let them do their job. It's another thing to continue to let them do it when they've shown they're bad at it. Exactly. Right. You want you want someone who will step in when it's bad, change it up, hand the keys to someone over someone else, and then step back again. Right. That's yeah. Right. Ideal ownership strategy. Uh-huh. Take notes, billionaires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, not the case here. And he's built a bad roster behind. You know, barring the, the top five players on this team. Yep. Bad sign. Terrible. Yep. Uh, speaking of Minnesota. No. Oh. Matt Boldy. That's a big new deal. Long term. Seven by seven. I think this is pretty sweet contract. Great deal for the Wild. Just incredible. Um, yeah, I was looking like pre previous contract. People were saying like bridge deal. And it was going to be like, you know, seven point. So they were they were saying like I saw projections that were higher than seven for the bridge deal, and yet oh, wow. they saw you know seven by seven they lock him up till he's twenty eight. That's a big chunk of his prime. Um, and yeah, you look at the people who are getting paid seven million dollars right now. His comparables, he's so much like he's gonna he's he's probably already better than a bunch of them, and he's gonna be miles better than them. You know, if he continues to develop and all signs are pointing to, he's gonna be great. He's already he's already a stud in that top six. Um, guys like you know Kevin Hayes, Nazem Kadri, James Van Riemsdyk, Anders Lee, Matt Barzal, John Klingberg got seven million dollars this year. Um, so yeah, you know, Boldy's better than every single one on that list except Barzal, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he's and, only twenty one. Yeah, so the the comparable that I see when I think of this, you know, twenty one year old signing a contract that with around this value is like William Nylander signed basically the same contract, right? And uh, that's worked out very nicely for the Leafs. 
And um, based on cap percentage, Boldy's actually lower. Right, exactly. Yeah, so this is a, a player who's, you know, uh, jumped into the NHL uh, right, right away at the age of 20. He uh, was scoring at a 25-goal pace, scoring at about the same pace this season. Um, and I think this could potentially be like a almost like maybe even a Kyle Connor value of like a really high level scoring winger. Yeah, 100%. Just, just fantastic. I mean, this guy's already slotted into their, their top six. He's driving play. Um, he's on the power play looking he's like a weapon on the power play. And he plays a good defensive game too. So he's really just well-rounded all around. Uh, and Well-rounded all around. Well-rounded all around. And the fact that they got, they got him for seven years, seven years, seven million. That's a bargain. I'm already willing to say it. Um, you don't even have to think twice about this contract. It's just great work. Yeah, because normally when you're signing a like a, a player like this long term, you're kind of being like, all right, it may be a bit much now, but it'll be a bargain in the future. This is already fair. Yeah, at least. Um, they still should have drafted Caulfield instead, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well he's he's looking at higher than Baldy. Did you see those initial uh, reports? Oh, yeah. His agents. Like, Caulfield will get more than this. Yeah, absolutely. But this is because uh, he's better. <laughs> <laughs> great pick though great pick uh great good. contract good shit to the wild i uh i had tip to them man sometimes i remember that i think about that 2019 draft yeah there were some serious bungles at the top let's see um mainly to do with teams passing on zegris inexplicably and caulfield inexplicably um because i mean i zegris at least i had him personally ranked I think as like the third or fourth best player in the draft. Yeah. Not to toot my own horn too much. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the Moritz Sutter pick was a shocker, but worked out well for the Red Wings. And then, I mean, the Sabre Cousins is doing well this year. I thought Zegers would have been a better pick. But specifically the Oilers, the Broberg one. That was a because str- everyone, like Bob McKenzie and all the insiders for like the week leading up to the draft, like, oh yeah, the Oilers love Broberg. They're probably taking Broberg. Yeah. No matter, and like without even... Uh, a consideration to who may fall to them. And it's like, it's our guy. We're taking Philip Broberg. And it hasn't worked out. He's not very good. It's embarrassing. Zegers goes one pick later. Yeah. And, you know, with Caulfield, of course, the names you look at, Victor, Arizona straight trades up, drafts Victor Soderstrom instead of Caulfield or Boldy. And, of course, the, the famous Cam York yeah. one, most famous of them all. Beautiful. What a, what a moment. Yeah. USNDP. Cam York. USNDP. <laughs> and for that moment, all the Flyers fans, in the, in the we got him. We got him. Yeah. Ah, man! Wow, that has worked out for them exactly how I imagined we imagined it would. Really funny. I thought York would be uh, would be better than this. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! But Caulfield, the star. Look at him go. Mm-hmm. And the Canucks uh, drafted Pod Colson, which looked okay at the time. Yeah. But now he's back in the minors. Right. Uh huh. Classic. One Canucks of many things thing. wrong with the Canucks <laughs> yeah. these days. Is this the transition? Well, you there sure we is. go. Speaking of the Canucks, smooth as butter. Thank you. Thank um, you. there's there's just a lot of shit going on there, isn't there? Holy crap! We talked about it last week for a completely unrelated reason. In in uh, whose who surgery was it again? Pearson. Tanner Pearson. That's right. Did we talk about Pearson last week? We did talk about Pearson last week. I right. feel like we did. Yeah, yeah, the triple hand surgery. Um. And, you know, talk about surgery. Jim Rutherford said, quote, this team needs major surgery. Strange turn of words, I got to say, given the context. Yeah. Weird. Weird as shit. Um, but, yeah, he went ahead, said a bunch of stuff in this. Pro- you know, he's like, oh, it's not a rebuild. It's a retool. But also, yeah. On that, uh, one thing I love listening to Staff and Graf for is Rachel Dory has some really cool insights from working, not just with the Canucks, but in front offices in general. Um, and it seems like. Uh, 
a bunch of front office people she talks to all they never actually use the word retool uh they only use that public facing to manage up to owners to appeal to owners <laughs> oh of course it's, it's the ownership yeah, it's oh, not something they God. actually believe it's uh, something that's only said publicly internally like a retool doesn't mean mean shit that's funny yeah you know what? i'm glad i'm glad we they're maybe they're they're like 0.2 percent smarter than we believed yeah because they're right. Retool doesn't mean shit. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. Oh, we're going to improve our team in the short term. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are yeah, you talking about? We're going to make some changes to make the team better. <laughs> wow, crazy. Okay. What a concept. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, so yeah. And then, you know, he seemed to imply, first of all, on, on Bo Horvat, that it's not going to happen in terms of fitting that contract under the cap. Not a surprise. Um, not a surprise, but, you know, to go out and say it, lose some leverage there um basically he was like you know we can pay him for his past production we give him a good contract offer for his past production but it doesn't pay for the production this year so it doesn't look like it's gonna work out strange argument but you know well, i understand it you know what? i understand it i think in general that's actually smart yeah, you're right um you don't want to overpay a player just based on one outlier season in a contract here that's a recipe for disaster and it seems like he's learned that lesson uh, after the J.T. Miller immediate disaster. <laughs> I guess so. That's eh? what shines us in a bad light. Is yeah. Because if you're going to overplay one of those two players based on, you know, but uh, one outlier season, it should be the captain who's not a defensive liability. Not that it would be smart to do that in that case. Yeah. It would be less dumb than the J.T. Miller one. Um, and that's what really puts a bad optic on this. Oh, is they fucked up real bad with J.T. Miller. And they have the option to... Fuck up a little less badly with Bo Horvat, and they're not doing it. Right? No, no. It's uh, eh, no one's have a little grumpy boy on the team either. And JT Miller, his contract ends this year, right? And then he... yeah, the new one hasn't kicked uh, in yet. The lovely. seven years, eight mil per. Beautiful. Um. Well, you know, at least he can learn. Allegedly, you know, mad. You Pretty expensive sure... lesson. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Wish he had done it. You know, a year earlier. Um. I don't know. Feels like. Feels like it takes took him an awful long time to figure that one out, didn't it? Um, yeah, I feel like that's something you should know by now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, like <sighs> you just learned that this is not your first bad contract that you've handed out. Um, so maybe it's his first one that he recognizes as an error. Anyways, um, but the major point and the point that most people are talking about is uh, Bruce Boudreaux because they really seem to have fucking thrown this guy under the bus. Very unfortunate, terrible situation. And yeah, so like you know, this is this is obviously ongoing situation with Bruce Boudreaux. Um, where even back to last year, like they wouldn't. Yeah, that great. He came in, fixed the team up. Almost made the playoffs, um, but then didn't seem like management kind of bought into him. You know that big ambiguous bit in the off season where like, oh, will he won't he come back? You know he gets a one year contract and all that. Never seemed like Rutherford. He had Rutherford's like full support, um, but now it's like a whole new level um, where it's like they already know fucking they're bringing in Rick Tockett to replace this guy. But some sort of contractual obligation with Rick Tockett, they can't bring him in right away. Um, so now, like, you know, they got fucking Bruce Bujo coaching the team, knowing he's going to leave, having him talk to the press and everything. Um, just uh, putting him in a bad spot, a real terrible spot. Yeah, it's, it's like a torture chamber, kind of. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Here's, holy crap. Okay. It kind of seems in that press conference, Jim Rutherford, like, you know, is like barely hiding it. Right? He's like, yeah, yeah, we got him in a bad spot or whatever. Anyway, moving on. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen the clips of Bruce Boudreaux like uh, getting emotional yesterday at that yeah. right someone asked him like what does it mean for you to coach the NHL and he was kind of like I've got to go guys Yeah. Uh, and then there was the Canucks fans yesterday as they were losing to Colorado 3-1 to chanting Bruce there it is yeah. all over again right yeah. so I mean it's not very often you see the fans love a coach who's about to get fired 
<laughs> it's kind of run the team into the ground. Yeah, quite the rarity. It, yeah. Um, but see, a rationale I had thought was like, oh yeah, if they really don't like Bruce Boudreaux, maybe they'll kind of just you know keep him around till the end of the season. Um, which isn't such an oncoming thing. Thing like, oh yeah, we got a bad team. We'll just fire the coach at the end of the year and then reevaluate. Yeah. Um, also, if they think a new coach will actually improve the team, are they are they do they not want to do that now? Are they tanking? Are they in tank mode? Jim Rutherford even actually said in that press conference, like, I look where we are in the standings. I thought we already were tanking. I don't know if you caught that. No. It was kind of it was an odd turn of phrase. I'm not sure what he meant by it. Yeah. But I think he just meant like we know we're not doing well. Right. Um. So that would be one thing. But the fact that first everyone knows Rick Tocchet's coming in soon, and everyone knows Boudreaux's going to be gone. I wonder why you don't just fire Boudreaux now and make one of the assistants interim. That's yeah. such a simple fix. No, if you're keeping around the assistants anyway, you know, uh, which I imagine they are. So I, I just, I don't see the the point of this, um, except for, you know, treat Bruce Boudreaux inhumanely. <laughs> That's um, what it is, man. Um, uh, there's no reason for it. You're just putting him in a bad spot. There's, you know, you have a guy in Mike Yo who's uh, ready to take the reins. You know, famously great coach Mike oh, Yo. Oh yes, of course. Um, but you know, even if he's shit, he's got NHL experience. He can run the bench for fucking five games. See, right. The other the insane. other odd thing with this is it's not so uncommon that like a coach is probably on the job knowing their days are numbered. Every coach who gets fired is rarely blindsided by it, you know. Um, but I, what sets this one apart is how remarkably public it is and how yeah. sentence don't. Because with the coach getting fired, it's like, oh, is it gonna happen soon? Is it gonna happen soon? Oh, it's happened with Bruce Boudreaux. It's, it is going to happen soon. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, we know everyone knows it, and we know who's coming in after you. Uh, it's really just, I mean, uh, dysfunction is, is one word for it. I imagine in general, what really reeks of dysfunction is the fact that it's so public. Yeah, Because this type of thing happens behind the scenes. It happened with Montreal in 2017. They fired Terry and Brian Claude Julian in, in one press release, you know? Right. So, of course, they have been known and thinking about it, but no one knew about it. Exactly. It wasn't public. yeah. yeah. No, it's terrible. And uh, it, it, dysfunction is right. You, you, I don't know if you saw Tyler Myers after the game. It looked like terrible against the Avalanche. Uh, and then he comes out in a press conference afterwards talking about how, like, you know, the team is, you know, kind of down in the dumps and feeling it because of the coaching situation, right? Uh, and he felt like a lot of the players weren't really, you know, inspired to play last night. Um, where, you know, so now you're talking about an effect that's trickling down to the players, you know, where the dysfunction is affecting them, too. Um, you know, in a vacuum, obviously, it doesn't matter so much because this team is trying to tank. And so in that sense, you know, maybe this is what you want to yeah. do. But, but organizationally, this is not the tactic you want to, you want to, you don't want to alienate your players by misman- mishandling the coach and kind of stringing him along and putting him in a terrible situation, right? So Yeah, the connection honestly think this coach, the fans love, the players love, who the team is, you know, torturing. That they- <laughs> That that they're gonna bring in Rick Tocchet and he's like, "Hey guys, nice to meet you," and, and like he'll be able to inspire them. You know, imagine you're one of those players. You like this coach. You see that he's not being treated well. New guy comes in, uh, and do you think that he's really gonna be able to cheer the team up very effectively? You're not doing Rick Tocchet a service either by doing this whole bit. Yeah, right? it, it, no one's gonna like him. No one's gonna fucking like him. It's you're putting him in a bad spot too, yeah. because now he's the guy. Who came in and took Bruce Boudreaux's job after they dangled him around for two weeks? <laughs> just horrible foresight by the organization. Um, and this could have just been solved so easily by firing Boudreaux <laughs> yeah. like two months ago, put him out of his misery, make Mikey O the interim. 
The moment they lost seven games in a row, they were already not sold on this head coach, yeah. right? They were not going to make the playoffs after losing seven in a row to begin the season. Rick Talk is not even that good of a coach. No, he's not that good of a coach. He's so mid. There's a reason. He's like, is he on ESPN right now? Like, I don't know where he what's is. What's the deal? But like, man, he's not that good. And he's not worth all this. He's not worth putting Rick Talk in a bad situation. And absolutely. You know, you, you, I think he's with Abbotsford, right? Actually, uh, now that I... Now that I call the, the Flames affiliate. Oh, is that, um, is that the case? Yeah. And that's Gotta give the, the, the four contract. weeks notice. Yeah, apparently. Well, that's what it is, which is interesting. Now, now it means if it's up in what? A week, say, and they they, did try, they they had this sorted out three weeks ago, and then whatever. Kind of insane. Yeah, really nuts. And yeah, as I was saying, should have fired him after the seven-game thing if the management wasn't sold. I'm not saying Bruce Boudreaux, you know, shouldn't have been coaching, but you're not. this is worse. This is worse than that. Yep. Uh, I hope Bruce Boudreaux... Uh, I hope this isn't the last we see of him as a coach in the NHL because that'd be a pretty terrible way for a possibly Hall of Fame coach to to go out. I think he needs one more chance in his career to avenge his Game Seven choker reputation. <laughs> um, so I hope he, yeah, I hope he signs on with another good team, and I hope he wins the Stanley Cup. Absolutely, everybody's cheering for him at this point. Yeah, uh, especially after this debacle. Yes, yeah, who doesn't love Bruce Boudreau? You know. Mm-hmm. This has done wonders for his reputation, despite the torture. You know what? I've got I got my plan for him. Okay. This off season, Florida. How'd you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the realistic one. If if I'm Maurice, bring in Boudreaux. Yeah. Team that's pretty good on paper gets really good again under Bruce Boudreaux. Stanley Cup. That's it. That's the move, huh? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, then you know, flips the script on Florida. In your personal case, you know, you could cheer for them. Yeah, I would cheer for the Panthers with yeah. Boudreaux behind the bench. Yeah, of sure, sure. Why not? Solely for Bruce Boudreau. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't really think I have anything against any of the individual players, really. Yeah, it's just the organization as well, it's just the yeah. vibes. Yeah, but Bruce Boudreau can overcome that. Sure. Yeah, he'll he overcame the fucking Canucks all of last. You know, when he stepped in last season. You know, yeah, for at least a little while. Drag them into contention almost. Do it as a good team. So uh, there we go. Yeah. We have our plan. I'm glad we agree on it. All right. Yeah, all, yeah, all we have to do is put this into action. Yeah. Easily. We'll, we'll get to our... All right. Uh, next up, we got to talk about some bad news, which is Flyers Pride Night. Jeez, uh, was this bungled. Holy In fuck. so many terrible ways. Oh, my God. Okay. So, all right, so we can start by saying, uh, what's the purpose of these like Pride Nights for teams? Uh, it is, okay, we, we can admit, I think we can both admit, first of all, that like a Pride Night showcase uh, does nothing to actually alleviate oppression. <laughs> we we know that what it is, yes. you know, yeah. it's kind of this kind of PR statement of you know trying to attract more people to the team and to the game and sell more jerseys and sell more jerseys. Right. This is the this is the true purpose of Pride Night. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's that's just the fact of the matter. Um, and yet, even. If the Flyers were only focused on this incredibly shallow angle, yeah. they still failed in an incredible way. Oh my God! Um, so okay, so it's one thing you know. Ivan Provorov obviously is the main bad guy here. Uh, he, I'm not taking warm up. Um, which besides just you know expressing bigotry is also sh- sh- uh, extremely selfish from a team perspective. He's not warming up, and I don't know if you saw this. It literally breaks uh, the agreement of his contract he signed with the Flyers. <laughs> in the contract, it says like you got to warm up properly before the game. Huh. And the Flyers just kind of decided that this is a reasonable excuse to ignore that oh, part of the boy. contract. What a mess! Um, and you know, uh, John Tortorella, of course, I would pinpoint as bad guy individual number two here, um, because of all coaches, you think 
wouldn't take any bullshit for a player missing warm-up for any reason, decides that this is the valid reason to miss warm-up, and still play in the game, still lead the team in ice time, uh, when I think there should be, like, I'm surprised it's not a league rule that you have to play in warm-up to, pl- to, warm to play in the game. Sure. Honestly, that was, that's surprising to me anyway. Uh, but yeah, the, the Flyers, what, what should have been a slam dunk of, you know, fan outreach and we're an inclusive community here, whatever, even if that is just rhetoric, uh, was uh, bungled by, first of all, you have this one player who refused to take involved, uh, to, to involve himself, who wears an A for the team, by the way. Um, and not, not only that, but you don't even take any stance against it. Kind of just let it happen, which totally nullifies the point you were trying to make and grabs all the attention away uh, from the positive aspects of what should be an inclus- inclusive event. So even if you're looking at Pride Night from this kind of uh, you know, pessimistic angle, you could say, uh, this corporate angle, they still failed in their goals. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you know there are bigots everywhere. So like the Ivan Provorov, him being an outright homophobe like this, you know, it doesn't surprise me so much, right? It doesn't, you know, these yeah. bozos litter everywhere. The real, like, what, you know, it's really shocking is is the organization just standing around, not doing anything, uh, and kind of letting this happen. Uh, and, yeah, all in the name of, I don't know, like, well, like, Tortorella says, oh, you can do whatever the fuck you want, you know, free speech, or I respect it, um, is what he said. True to himself. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, it's, it's like, in terms, it's, it's the bare minimum, right? Like, outright homophobia. <laughs> someone speaks out refuses to wear the pride jersey right um for you know and basically he's stuck by it right for you know, i don't you know i don't i don't believe in that shit or whatever um and My like this, this is this is the bare this is the bare minimum like god knows there's so much you know like soft homophobia in this league uh, that goes unaddressed um that isn't nearly as blatant as this right um but you talk about pride night and trying to make it hockey's for everyone or whatever the fuck um this is the bare minimum. <laughs> this is this is it right here. The the obstacle that you so you you claim you want to address, screaming you at you right in the face. Um, conquer and, me, and, conquer <laughs> me. It's right there. It couldn't be any easier. And they, you know, it, this is as easy as it gets. Mm-hmm. And yet, organizationally, they're like, you know, oh, whatever, you know, like uh, hockey is for everyone. Uh, except if there's someone who stands in and who disagrees with us, that's fine too. Yeah, and, just for some people. It's crazy, and then this, yeah, and it's like it's it's so beyond not acceptable. This kind of <laughs> blatant homophobia that it's like, how, how do you not immediately, you know, address it? Mm-hmm. It, it it's it's baffling. This type of event, I think, for a lot of people, also like uh, dispels illusions about Pride Night in a way. Uh, and this this type of performative event, uh, and really kind of you know exposes the rot in general of like, uh, of like the Flyers and the league in general really not being able to give less of a shit. Yeah, they don't care. I mean that 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 much is apparent. Um, and yeah, and, and some of the discourse it has been bizarre. I find like whenever like they try to liken it to like, oh you know like. Yeah, well, you can't let hey, if you don't let him protest, they're not gonna let the other people protest, uh, for other causes. And it's like, no, you draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, here's it. So people, you know, people about? draw the comparison. Like, oh, what if a player did this for like military appreciation appreciation night? And then I'm sure the league or the team would be like, you know, you can't play or whatever. And there'd be you know a, a similar, you know, an outrage, but more of a crackdown from the team. And it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another problem has just been identified. Congratulations. 
yeah, it's nuts. It's like it's like uh, people are so into like the, the you know the slippery slope argument. Yeah, it's like no, you, there's a point where you draw the line, and if you draw the line in the wrong place, that's you, bad. You, you should adjust you, it. You should adjust it. We're gonna yell at you to adjust the line. Yeah, right. And it's people like oh you know free speech. You know if you can't talk about this, you're like, no, mm. you draw the line. You know like and yeah. See whether or not you know a uh, a cause is worth protesting for or not is actually extremely key <laughs> to the question of whether it's good or not. Yeah, and people right. people like to totally ignore that when they talk about like, you know, short, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of protest is whatever, a, a different thing. Uh, but whether it's actually correct to fight for something or not depends entirely on what the thing you're fighting for is. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's nuts to me that people kind of seem to lose sight of it. Yeah. I see all sorts of people on my timeline. You're just like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna let this? You're gonna let this homophobia trot out and then take over the entire night, right? And mm. like, you know, yeah, and yeah, for the Flyers to let this happen, right, and not address it, you know, you're letting the guy, you're letting Ivan Provorov take the spotlight for himself and, and propagate and promote his fucking views. Um, yeah, defeats the whole purpose, even if it's a shallow, right, as it is, you know, corporate. Um, you can't even you can't even cross that bar, can't even cross which is so incredibly <laughs> low. Um, like I said, this, this could not be more. He could not. Ivan Provorov could not have been more blatantly homophobic if he tried, right? Right. He could not. He, he stood by it. He explained it very clearly, right? That he's an out and right out bigot, and, and you let him do his thing and completely go consequence free. Let him play the same game, collect his paycheck, get the most lifetime on the team. Crazy that the and complete organizational failure, and you know really, we we you know we know with these organizations already, but it you know pulls back the curtain even more. Yep. Uh. All right. Well, that's that on that. I think. Yeah. That's that. Uh. We have some also uh, some unfortunate injury news to discuss. Um. One of them, uh, Max Pacioretty, came back. Uh. Played a few games for the Hurricanes. Um. And you know, for all the talk about, oh, he's going to be you know their big boost. They're kind of like internal deadline acquisition or whatever they'll be having unstoppable offense uh he's gotten injured again uh did i kind of was he aggravating the same injury or, or the same achilles heel? oh that's man. what it was okay brutal yeah Tore the same achilles heel i imagine he's missing the rest of the year yeah can't imagine he's gonna the first one took him six months the same same you know re-injuries are always worse than the first time around and so you know you feel for him i mean look he looked good i don't know if you were tracking not um, really no but you know the first three four games he scored a bunch of points he scored some goals um, he really did look like a big addition for the Hurricanes, um, for a team who, you know, notoriously not the greatest finishers, right? Um, they play a strong possession game, but he seemed to be a great piece to fit in. He fit in seamlessly in terms of scoring. Um, but then, you know, last that's brutal, brutal way to, to, you know, get out last minute of the game against the Wild. Um, and yeah, you hate to see it for him. He really just can't stay healthy, right? Um, he hasn't been able to last you know, what two, three years. Um, and he's got injury history from from before that too. Um, yeah, I I feel like it's unlucky, you know. Like I, yeah. I with these guys who, um, tend to get injured often. I mean, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I I tend to err on like, it's more luck than anything, you know. Like in most cases, yeah, yeah. And it seems like, well, you tear the same thing again. Oh my god, can't imagine. That's, yeah, it's gotta be mentally tough on him. Yep. Uh, and Yari Slavkovsky as well. Uh, out for three months, i.e., the rest of the season. Really, a heads and tails situation we got going on here um, <laughs> between Patrick and Slavkovsky. Yeah, it's a real heads and tails. A real thing. heads and tails situation. Uh, yeah. So I don't think the, what I'm about to say is related to the injury, 
Um, but so because you were talking about Slavkovsky now, the question comes up again of, you know, was it the wrong idea to bring him into the NHL? Um, and I would say yes. I think this was uh, – they rushed his development. No need to. Uh, he wasn't particularly good. No. They had the option, any choice, to send him to Laval Rocket and didn't. Uh, they had the option to send him back to Europe at the start of the year. Didn't do that either. Um, yeah. I think that was, either one of those choices would have been better. Yeah. Still raw prospect right now. Yeah. You know, he's just not NHL ready. That's fine. You kind of knew that when you drafted him, right? But you didn't do the right thing in terms of adjusting for that. And kind of nuts that they had him trotting out there playing like pretty mediocrely. Um, and it was like, oh, he made a great play. Everybody's talking about it on Twitter. But like, the, the bar was so low for this guy. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, ugh. You know, I guess the fans love him, but is this the best for his development? No. See, uh, we were on the, the Shane Wright train, of course, in terms of, oh, he was the best prospect, and blah, 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 blah. Um, and we talked about how Logan Cooley, I think we both agreed, was the number two. Um, I, I'm going to make a slight change to my opinion. I think, uh, if anything, uh, we're going to, history will show that Logan Cooley is going to be the best player in this draft. And yeah. he's the one that Montreal should have taken in hindsight. Possible. Yeah, I think he's the number one candidate. To overtake right, um, if you know, right doesn't figure it out. Um, or your because, check, he rules. Yeah, yeah, him too. Uh, but uh, either of those guys, you know, we saw them in the World Juniors. Obviously, uh, had great tournaments, and they look like they're on a better development path, both of them. Um, because you know, you look at Slavkovsky and right, both of them, their developments have kind of been mishandled by their NHL teams, mm-hmm. right? So you can point to that as maybe a reason. You know, if we look down the road, maybe that's why they didn't pan out. Maybe they were never meant to pan out, but you know, you can already. You know, point to this, well, and uh, it kind of it depends what's meant by pan out. You know, because a player can you know turn out well and still maybe not reach their full potential. Yeah, and uh, yeah, when they you know mishandle in the rookie year, even if Slavkovsky turns out to be like decent first line winger, we'll say, uh, you always wonder like, what, could there have been more to unlock? Yeah, the, the the at this age, right? The development's so important, right? Um, where, yeah, you want to develop and work towards uh when they become NHL players and if you kind of bounce them around like this it's uh it's it's a hindrance it's a major hindrance and yeah you 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 do wonder moving down moving forward what did you miss out on uh in terms of what you could have unlocked um so yeah that's that any other hockey news that uh oh shit yeah some bad news that i just see right now uh, half an hour ago cole caulfield said to have shoulder surgery and will be out the rest of the season oh no that sucks ass terrible Oh shit! Jesus, shoulder surgery. Shoulder. What the fuck happened? There goes the fifty gold dream. I guess. Yeah, that's a shame. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about him earlier too. Man. Yeah, I mean, now we got a real heads or tails situation. Two heads and a tail. Two heads and two tails. Uh huh. Any instant reaction to that? Besides, uh, it sucks. It sucks. And. uh the tank Habs is just on. got a lot less the watchable. The tank is on. And the tank is on. The tank is on. Yeah, I mean, that is, that is true that, I mean, Cole Caulfield, I mean, up far and away, of course, already the best goal scorer on the team. Um, where would they be without his goals this year? We're about to find out for the Hell yeah, months. this is going to be a ride. This is going to be a ride. Who the hell? Oh, man, who's going on that first line next to Suzuki and Jesse Elanen right now? Elanen's listed on the first line? Yeah, already. And Caulfield, they haven't even taken him off... Uh, the page. All right, so let's it's see. Mike Hoffman, baby. Oh, they just called him Alex Belzile. Okay. 
All right, so oh boy, this team is gonna stink hard. This team is gonna, gonna stink on Jesus ice. Jesus Christ! And we're looking at you know trades moving down, moving forward. Yeah. Too. So Ugh, cap friendly, uh, updated thirty six minutes ago after this news, yeah. has Montreal listed eleven forward, seven D projected tonight against the Maple Leafs. Okay. Top line: Hoffman, Suzuki, Ilonen, yeah. Dadanov, Doc, Anderson, Pizetta, Dvorak, Belzil, Raphael, Harvey, Pinard, and Rem Pitlick, <laughs> and our defense pairings of. Matheson Savard, Edmondson Barron, Jack Kovacevic, and Harris. So not much change there. And of course, you know, Jake Allen's still injured. Uh, so Montumbo and Primo are our tank tandem. This is lovely. This is just, this is, just... You know, this is a team mainly with the Cole Caulfield absence now. I think immediately joins the absolute bottom tier in terms of quality. Oh, 100%. Look, look at this team. It's, it's awful. The defense, every single level. There is... There is... There are how many good players on this team? Two? Well, depends I can make the you, argument depends, for two. Depends how you quantify good. Yeah, but I'm going to set it extremely arbitrarily <laughs> and say it's Nick Suzuki and maybe Kirby Doc, I guess. I mean... He, he, Josh Anderson's okay. If we're just talking about player quality, I think like Doc, Anderson, um, Dvorak are probably about in the same tier. Sure. And, you know, you look at the defenses. Oh, yeah, you're a good bottom pairing defenseman, but you're not playing on the bottom pair. Uh, anyway, this team is uh, straight garbage, and it just got much, much worse. Oh, yeah. Cole Caulfield, he was carrying the water in terms of uh, driving offensive play and scoring goals, obviously. Yep. So, without him and Suzuki together, this team's going to stink. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, I hope, though, that Nick Suzuki's Iron Man streak stays alive. I hope he's the one that, that survives through the rest of the, this tank season, mm-hmm. you know, centering the first line. Every single game. <laughs> With Elanin and Hoffman on his on his wings. Yeah. Up against like the the Matthews line or whatever the fuck, you know? Like, yeah, maybe they'll call Bian Mishak. We'll get to see him in action a little bit. Uh, That'd be fun. Uh, Xavier Simono, there's another option. Lots of potentials for dudes to fill in in this yeah. barren team. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I I'm, I'm foresee myself watching few games from this team for the rest of the season. Terrible. Very few. Oh, man. Uh-huh. All right, uh, so we thought about talking about the All-Star game, but I think we're just, our tanks are empty on this just for the foreseeable future because I couldn't give less of a shit about it, to be totally, speak, to be totally honest. Um, I mean, the fan vote, quote-unquote, has you know, ended, and it's, you know, people are skeptical because of how uh, not transparent the voting is. No numbers public, even though the results are kind of reasonable. You know, it's a bunch of stars. I, and people, there's discourse about it. Man, do I just not care. Yeah, I'm good. I have nothing. I I could not. I have no nothing to say, but nothing to think either. All right. Yeah, I'm done thinking about this. It's been yeah. a waste of time. Let's move on to the draft. All right. All right. This week, Tessie had an excellent idea for our draft. We're drafting furniture <laughs> items. Um, and there's there are very specific parameters because we came up, a thanks to his help from our Britannica site, with a list of twelve specific items that we're allowed to pick from. And the items are bed, cabinet, chair, couch, chest, clock, desk, bookcase, table, fridge slash freezer, oven, and dishwasher. Uh, And it's me who has the first pick of what's the best furniture item. And, you know, I got to go with bed. It's, It's, you know, you sleep on there. You're there for like about a third of your life. Um, And it's comfortable. Ultimate relaxation is always achieved in bed. Uh, 
whenever you're like trying to sleep somewhere else, you're always like, man, do I wish I was in bed? When you're in bed, you're like, oh, this is great. I'm comfortable. Life is good. Nah. You know, the bed's nice. Sure is. Ultimately, I'm productive, though. You know, I gotta, I gotta say. Oh, sleep is so productive. You need uh, to sleep yeah, to, to survive. You know, that, that's true. However, during the day, you know, you, you go take a nap on the couch or whatever. You, know? you can yeah. drop the couch later, but I mean, but now, now you're doubling down. Um, I'll be taking the fridge. You know, that's, that's, where, the, that's where the real fucking action is. Fridge slash freezer. Fridge, sorry, you're right. Fridge slash freezer. Um, because that's, you know, you talk about needing to sleep to eat, you need food to eat, and while you can leave shit out there, like a feral animal real homies no the good shit goes in the fridge um and it's it's delicious keeps food fresh for so long you put it in the freezer i got fucking ice cream you got frozen stuff or you got stuff that lasts for longer like you know you freeze something and it lasts for a very long time and uh, it's a great appliance it's a great piece of furniture. A nice fridge makes you happy because it's big and it's got the yummy food in it and it's great. I think even though this is a eligible to draft, you lose points just by virtue of the fact that this barely qualifies as furniture. But we, you know what? No, we call the furniture and it, we have... But there are degrees of furniture. Line. It's, it is, no, I don't give a shit as long as, as it brings me joy, all right? All right and you know what? When I open the fridge, I'm not like, shit, this shit ain't enough furniture quality for me. This is not an ultimate degree of furniture that I wished it would be. No, I go, this fridge rocks. You know what? What? The fridge and freezer. Don't, when you buy a fridge slash freezer, does it come with the food? No. No. You open an empty fridge... Like man, it's disappointing. I was hungry and there's nothing in here. Okay, but you know, you 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 buy a bed. Does it come with the sheets and the whatever and whatnot? No, you can lie to it anyway. Here's the thing, though. Not as fun. You don't need that stuff in the bed to use the bed. Like the the bed itself is the integral part of it, and you add those accessories to make to improve your experience. The fridge, in and of itself, isn't very cool. You put the food in. Now we're talking, right? What you like about the fridge is the stuff you add to it, not the fridge itself. You could you could make that case for for half these things here, you know, not the bed, and not the couch, which is my next pick either. Okay, oh, so I took you took my idea of taking the couch. I was gonna do it anyway. Okay, the couch sure. is great. You lie on the couch; it's comfortable. That's a sec- a great secondary option for sleeping if there's not a bed immediately accessible, unfortunately. Um, and you can sit on the couch as well. You know, uh, do whatever you want. You know, you can chat with a friend. Uh, you can have a meal if you're you know maybe it's a special night and you're watching in front of the TV. Let's say. Uh, the couch you can you can do it all. Okay. Furniture. Um, yeah, it's, it's real. It's the quintessential piece of furniture. I've got couch. nothing to say on this. Um, because it's too good. No, it's it's bland. That's what it is. <laughs> um, what do I have here? Uh, we didn't say desk is not the same. It is uh not a separate category, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Desk is its own thing. Yeah. From from table. Yeah. Okay. Um. Hmm. I will be going with. A personal favorite of mine, chairs. <laughs> but fuck with chairs, man. Because chairs are awesome. First of all, I'm a personal chair aficionado. Um, when, I, when, I, when I walk around McGill campus or in, you know, between the classrooms and I find a nice chair, I Google <laughs> that shit. I find the chair, make a model. It's always way out of my price range. It's always $1,000. And whenever, you know, a great chair, I'm like, wow, this is crazy. In fact, the last week, this last Monday, I went into my first class, uh, this tutorial, and I sat, I'm like, oh my God, this chair is incredible. 
and I turned around, Googled it, and uh, well, I forgot what the brand was, but I know in my library, no, not a different classroom from last semester. There were these Herman Miller chairs, beautiful. I found them. I found the McGill standard for furniture, just so I can go in the chairs, find the exact make and model, bookmark it, so it's still bookmarked right now. And when I have absurd amounts of disposable income, if it ever happens in the future, I will buy myself this chair and, and, and sit in it and be extremely content in my purchase, more so than I could be with any other piece of furniture. It would be this great fucking chair. And so that's 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 why the chair rules. This is a part of your personality I didn't know about. Yeah, brother, I didn't know yeah, you'd but... see a good chair and Google it to find <laughs> the exact model to hopefully buy one day. And uh, work in Google Sheet of all the chairs you like. It's 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 a limited list. I'm you know I only Google the best of the best. You know what you I'm should I'm an aspirational do? chair purchaser. You should make a YouTube video of your top ten chairs. You know, you're right. Although I don't think <laughs> I have enough content. Have I experienced enough chairs that have been noteworthy enough to rank? I don't think top so. Top ten chairs from your experience. Yeah, but uh, you know that's certainly a good idea, and I and I may pursue that in the future mm-hmm. because chairs. Frankly, very underrated. You sit, you're productive. You know, you sit on your bed to work. Terrible. Not productive at all. You need the chair. Uh, you know, you can't sit in it always, obviously. But a good, comfortable chair will leave you satisfied for many years. If you're talking about p- productivity, sure, a chair is, is important. But a chair, when you're trying to be productive, is nothing without a table. What are you going to do? Which is not the same as a desk, right? I can still drive desk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Table. Oh, boy. All right, first of all, uh, yes, we have split up table and desk, but a desk is still kind of a kind of table. So I kind of get semi-claim over the desk. No, you anyway. don't. <laughs> you full of shit. You get uh, no claims anyway. over the desk. So you got, I've got my laptop on a table right now, all right? If, I, if, it, if it weren't here, I mean, I'd have to have my laptop on, on my lap or something. It would just be totally inconvenient, very uncomfortable. I mean, tables. You put stuff there to eat, all right, your meals, you know. Um, and when you're just carrying a bunch of stuff, you're like, oh. I got to put this stuff down somewhere. What's the best option? A table. <laughs> okay, you have table, but you don't have the best table, which is the desk. You know, big mistake on your part. You should have just gone with the desk because it's a table plus the drawers, which makes it... No, desks don't necessarily have drawers. Well, the ones that do. Uh, you know what? I've never seen a table with a drawer, but I sure should have seen a desk with a drawer. Is a desk I'll tell you just that. a table with a drawer? Oh, the desk, you know, can be a working service. So we're going to table. Yeah, but the table cannot have the storage capacity of a desk. Sure, you just put things on the table. No, but like inside, you know, obviously. But then you're like, oh, is this here? I don't open a drawer to find out. But it's great storage. You know what? I can't believe you're anti-desk drawer because the desk drawer, fantastic way to store things. You know, it's, you keep it organized. You have all sorts of trinkets and whatnot. And it's the best place to put your trinkets because otherwise they're lying about they're on the floor. They're everywhere. They're in the trash. You're gone. But you put them in your desk and you find them years later and you're happy. Or just general storage. You know, you put your papers in there, very neat and stacked. And you don't have to see them out of sight. They're completely out of the way. And so desks are great, plus very productive working surface. I'm always more productive at a desk than I am at some generic table. You know, you catch me working at my desk and not at the dining table. And there's a damn good reason for that. Is because the desk is way better. So, there we go. Desk. I'm about to get the steel of the draft. What? I'm about to get the steel of the draft. What is it? No, I just got it. I'm about to get it. Okay. It's the clock. Oh, fuck right <laughs> off, mate. That's awful. That's See, terrible. How are you supposed to be able to tell the time without a clock? No, but this is... 
furniture, you know, it's like where this is applying, it's a massive clog. This is not me checking my phone. For yes, it is. No, it's Absolutely. not. <laughs> You're not going to stake claim over all clogs. I absolutely do. You don't take a claim over watches. Listen, it's not furniture. Get out of here. Get out of here. We agreed (laughs) on our list. Yeah, clock is an item with no stipulations, and therefore, I'm counting every clock. (laughs) (laughs) Clock as a piece of furniture. Every clock is on my team. Are you telling me there's a fucking piece of furniture (laughs) on the bottom right half of my screen right now? No, that you're no. The point is genuine. Is I've drafted that in the furniture draft. I'm not saying that's a piece of furniture. Yeah, but you're not drafting this clock. You have not drafted this Sure, I did. I no, did. You every have clock, not. every yeah. clock is on our team <laughs> because we got clock on our list. Clocks are on our list, so okay. I get every you know, clock. It's fine. I, I let you have every single clock. Clocks are fucking over anyways. Who needs the time? Who needs the fucking time? Use the sun like the Romans did. <laughs> the clock is great. You look at a clock, you know what time it is. You know how much time there has been since a certain thing. Who gives a shit? <laughs> You know, you're like, oh shit, it's 10:15. I gotta get going because my thing is at 10:30. All these things, clocks are essential for this reason. And sure, even if in the hypothetical scenario I only get furniture clocks, yeah, that was great too. Because you see, you know, one of those big clocks, you're like, wow, a grandfather clock or whatever. They're like they looked at it in the olden days. That's pretty interesting, historically speaking. <laughs> What the fuck was that little ramble about grandfather clocks? No, no, just not, not, furniture-wise, completely useless, completely dated, and I don't know how you can stand there and, and, and speak of the, you know, the benefits of grandfather clocks when they are just a space eater. They are a space eater and serve no purpose that, uh, you know, just a little non-furniture clock could serve. Whether your phone, laptop, watch, anything could serve, you know. Great, I've drafted them too. No, you haven't. Yes, I did. Clocks are on my team. You know, you know what typically shows the time? The stove slash oven, which I will now be drafting. I've got the clock portion of it though. You don't. I I literally do. I have the whole thing. Just like you don't own the tabletop surface of my desk. (laughs) I own that too. No, you fucking don't. I got the table of the desk. No. I want the clock in the oven. <laughs> that is not, that's terrible. No, 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 no. Um, well, then I own the couch too because technically it's a chair. So I own this. No, no, you can't. This is, I own the. Yeah, and you know what? You know where I check the clock the most often? The kitchen stove. So. Well, I've good got thing I drafted too. the clock. Well, good thing I, I drafted the best clock. And also. Mind you, I can cook shit on it too. I take shit from the fridge, I put it on the stove, and now I have myself a good meal. I mean, while you're starving on the bed, starving on the couch, <laughs> or because your food's gone bad and you can't cook it, so you know you're you're eating your 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 moldy pineapple. I don't fucking know. There is a long list of of non-perishables that you can eat without a fridge, without an oven. Meanwhile, you didn't even draft the food. You're just putting them in your thing. No. Your fridge and your oven by themselves is worth nothing without the food that you don't even have. No, they're worth plenty. Okay, don't buy a stove. Don't buy an oven. Don't buy a fridge for the rest of your life. See how that goes. Okay. Okay. I literally won't. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll can't see. afford it. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We've got three items left. We got uh, the dishwasher, the bookcase, and the chest. Oh, and the- oh no, we got more than three items. Sorry, I'm totally. And we got the cabinet. Cabinets. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm gonna take the cabinet. Oh, what a mid pick! Here's the thing. Well, we are in the past the midpoint of the draft, so if I take a mid pick, I'm actually getting good value. Um, the cabinet is great. 
Um, you can put things in there. Your pick. Okay, wait. So what are our options now? Uh, bookcase, dishwasher, and chest. Bookcase, dishwasher, and chest. All right. Well, I think the answer is obvious. It's a bookcase, right? It's uh, I don't know how you 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 looked at cabinets and you looked at bookcase and you said I'd rather fucking have a cabinet. Yeah, oh, that's embarrassing. Bookcase, you just like, you know, you like line things up or whatever. Yeah, it's nice. And it's they nice. break the cabinet. You put things in there. They're, they're secure. What's breaking on bookcases your bookcase? Bookcases break. What are you talking about? A bookcase. What kind of substandard bookcase are you buying? Yeah, my cabinets break too. What's your point? It's much more prone to breaking than a cabinet. <laughs> what? Yeah. This is a true fact. Verified by real American patriots. <laughs> Have you had a bookcase break on you? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. So you're speaking from experience, eh? Yes. You had a b- bad bookcase I and now it's painted your trauma. entire... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That explains a lot. You know, I got to say, you most know, people... I just... This just occurred to me. Yeah. We put those kitchen items on this list. We should have put washing machine and dryer as well. Ah. Too late, though. Yeah, too late? Yeah. No, you're right. Too late. I'm just going to walk around with my dirty clothes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. That's a good point, but uh, we're moving on. And uh, cabinets stink and bookcases rule because it's better storage because, you know, cabinets, you got to like open them and close them. And it's like, you know, bookcase, it's all out there in the open and easily accessible and nice to see. I don't like looking at a cabinet door. You know, stuff I want out of sight, I'll put it on my desk. And then the stuff I want to see, I'll put it on top of my desk or I'll put it on the bookcase. It's, uh, I've got everything covered, man. You bungled the bag there. I gotta say, the bookcase was a steal. You know? Yeah. And my last pick. I was very tempted to take the chest just to leave you with half kitchen. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm yes. Gonna, it's too tempting. Do it. I'm taking. I'm taking the chest because uh, now your team looks totally embarrassing. There's a 50% <laughs> kitchen appliances, and then a chair, a desk, and a bookcase, Mr. Academic over here. And meanwhile, I've got a great variety of useful things. Got my bed, got my couch, got my table, got my clock, got my cabinet, and got my chest. All right. Let me write this in. What the fuck is a chest? <laughs> Why, who uses a chest? A chest, you know, it's one of the, it's like the big thing. The glorified box? You open it up. It's a big box. It's a shitty box. It's a big box. It's an expensive, heavy, waste of space box. <laughs> and it looks nice, too. And it's large, and you can put a lot of things in there, and it's very sturdy and protected. I'm like flimsy cardboard or whatever that can break and bend. What, what, do, what do you need to protect that's so important that you need to put in a chest? My watch. <laughs> my clocks. I gotta protect my clocks in my chest. Oh, boy. This has gone off the rails. Uh, you know, this serves no functional purpose. This, 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 serves, this is the most useless item of furniture, and you've drafted it. This is completely embarrassing. <laughs> How is it useless? You gotta put what things in the there. fuck? No! You, you put them in anything else. Yeah, I could go my entire life. So in the, then the desk drawer is also useless. But I need to put things in anywhere. No, 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 it's good for storage. But this is a shitty storage. The chest is great storage. You no, it's so it's so in the way. You know what I mean? Like no, like, you you can just put it on the side of the room. No, you put a bookshelf. Now you got way more storage space. You got the height. It's like a short little stubby no, chest. Chests have way more space than bookshelves. Well, yeah, yeah, arguably no. I put all my books in the chest. I don't even need a bookshelf. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's a very hard to... You know, what if you've got a book that you want to look at, read, that's at the bottom of your chest? Then I'll put it on my table. (laughs) (laughs) The books I'll put in my chest are the books I'll may read one day. 
So you're saying once you put it in your chest, it's been it's been banished. You're never gonna read it again. That's exactly what I didn't just say. The bookshelf books. You have so many books on there. You're yeah. not gonna read them all at once. I can put them in my chest. If I'm reading, you know, one one or two books now, I'll put them on my table. I'll be reading them, and then maybe when I'm done, I'll put them back in my chest. Don't need a bookshelf at all. This is absurd. This is absurd. It's completely absurd. It requires way too much management, and nobody's ever put books in a chest. So I don't know why you lean so hard and books in a chest. Books go in the chest. I've never fucking heard of that. You put your fucking books in a chest. No, you don't. You're full of shit. If I could afford a chest, I would. Would you? You know what? In the chest. If you've got that money and you better buy yourself a chest and you better put all your books in there and put some at the bottom too and tell me when you read those bottom books, alright? And then I'll say, fine, that was a good pick back then. You did do it that way. But until then, it's a horrible pick. I do not stand by it. Books in a chest, I don't know, this is the weirdest thing we could have possibly taken with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it works in my favor. Ah, oh, man. What a, what a weird piece of item. Um, dishwasher. This is the where it is. Here's a ring. <laughs> it's functional. Dishwasher is functional. It's saves so much work. Plus, you know, if you don't want to use the dishwasher, you can use it for storage. Um, you put your books in the dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could if you wanted to. Um, you know, they'd be easier to access because you can roll them out than in a chest. That you put them in a chest. All of a sudden, they're gone, but dishwasher, you can pull it up. Not, don't put your books in the dishwasher, but you could. You know, there's a versatility. But also, you can't put them in a chest, though. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It cleans the dishes very well. And also, it's water saving compared to, you know, washing my hands. Better for the environment. Better for you. Your dishes are nice and clean. It's great. You don't feel very passionate about no, this I at all. The, I love the dishwasher. <laughs> Better than the chest. You know, I'm more passionate about hating the chest than I love the dishwasher, I will admit. I don't even have a dishwasher okay right now, and it's, and it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have a chest right now. My life is way better for it. So <laughs> I don't think you could make that argument. You know, they're actually, uh, my bedroom at my house, yeah. there actually is a chest in there. Okay. Actually, you're not. You know what's in there? A bunch of old blankets. Okay. Sometimes you whip them out in the winter. Oh, great. I got my blankets from my chest. I'm glad I had the chest to put the blankets in. Yeah. Wow. What a relief. What a relief. <laughs> I got, got my blankets in my chest. Yeah. You know what? You got to put your books in there, eh? When you go back next time, take all the blankets out. Put them somewhere else. Put them at a desk. Put them on the table. I don't give a shit. Just <laughs> I will. I'll put them on the table. Put all your books in that chest. All right? And, and then the chest is me. so big. There's probably still room for some blankets. Okay, do that. But then I want you to take a picture of all the bottom layer books that you've got, and then you better call me when you read one of those books. And I suspect, <laughs> I suspect that you never will. You won't call me because you won't read those books. Yes, I will. Okay, you're fully, but only because it's a all bit right, now. Anyway. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of me. Here's my bottom layer chest book. Here's me reading it. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got him. That <laughs> you mean this is disingenuous chest book reading. Um, anyways. <laughs> Man, I'm so tired. <laughs> okay, I don't think there's anything else to add, is there? All right, let me just read these teams. Okay. Right, I've got the bed, the couch, the table, every clock, the cabinet, and the chest. You've got the fridge slash freezer, the chair, the desk, uh, the oven without the clock, of course, because I own all the clocks, uh, the bookcase, and the dishwasher. 
That's the end of this that's, draft. That's a good draft for me. It's a better draft for me. Spending a lot of time in the kitchen, and that's where I like it. All right. Well, time to pick a team to discuss this week. Hmm. What ideas? should we do? The Pittsburgh Penguins. I feel like that's an interesting team. All right. Yeah, I don't think we've done them this season. So mm-hmm. let's uh, check their schedule, see what they're up to. Uh, it's a race between you and me to see who finds it first. Uh, all right. So tomorrow, the Penguins play the Devils. Uh, and then Tuesday against Florida, Thursday against Washington. Uh, we may be on Saturday again next week or on Sunday. If it's Sunday, we'll have four games to talk about because they play the Sharks as well on Saturday. Uh, yeah, so this is a, a pretty tough week for It's Pittsburgh. a great slate. Great slate. It's a great slate, yeah. They're playing the Great Devils, the Great Caps, uh, who are still on a heater, and the Panthers, who are the Panthers. And there's a chance we'll even get to see them uh, play a real shit team in yeah. San Jose. What an opportunity. Um, all right. There you go. I'm glad we landed on that. Um, anything else you want to say before we call it a week? Uh, I don't think so. Thanks for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week, either Saturday or Sunday, about Pittsburgh. Uh, and we will... Uh, is next week All-Star Weekend? Or is that the weekend after? Uh, it doesn't matter. No one gives a shit. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> weekend after. But yeah. Okay. The end. <laughs>